This is the Future of the Future show. I am your host, Mateo Berbejillo. Sean Setna, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Mateo. I'm really glad that uh, that you reached out. Happy to be here. Excellent. Um, so, Sean, you, you are a lawyer, but you post in LinkedIn very regularly. I enjoy your posts. I enjoy your content. Um, but when did this start? When did you start posting regularly in LinkedIn? And where were you in your career as a lawyer? Yeah. Um... So it started in January of last year. So it's been a little bit more than a year. Um, and you're right. I went from never having posted on LinkedIn ever. Um, I don't think I, I had ever commented on anything uh, really up until like the months leading up to it. And then all of a sudden I started posting every every day, like every, every work day. Um, so I was, I had been at, uh, at Altasource where at one point we were coworkers. Um, and been there for about nine years, um, and I was a good 15, 16 years into my career generally, um, and it, at the time that I started. Nice. Um, why did you start doing it? Um, so, look, it's a, it's a kind of boring and self-serving answer, and, and that's that, um, you know, I, I was deputy general counsel at the time. I had been a senior in-house lawyer for, for a really long time. And I felt ready to uh, really want to take that step to become a general counsel, the, the lead lawyer in-house. And I had, you know, gone about it uh, the, the only way I knew how, which was from past job searches to, um, you know, just look for job postings, apply online, maybe try to contact some recruiters, see if they were aware of anything, and then just wait and hope, hope that things, uh, things happen. Uh, but, but that was going nowhere. I, I, I was getting, uh, no responses when I was just applying online and meeting, not, not even a single interview, uh, a little bit more luck going through recruiters, but not really advancing. And I started trying to get advice from various people. And they said, look, I mean, at, at this level, you've got to, you've got to get your name out there. People have to kind of know who, who you are. And, and I thought to myself, I mean, I, I guess that's fair, but I mean, I'm, I'm in Houston. Um, and I want to do, I want to stay in tech and, um, uh, Houston is probably the worst city in America for, for being tech focused because it's got so many under industries at energy, chemicals, even, uh, medicine, uh, but, but not tech. And so, um, I was trying to think, well, you know, me going to a bunch of lunches and meeting people, that's not going to do anything. And, um. I started, I think a lot of people said, yo, why don't you write some articles or why don't you, um, you know, try to give a speech somewhere or give a talk somewhere. And I thought, yeah, I'd be completely fine with that. But how, how am I supposed to just go to random people and say, Hey, you want me to write an article sometime? You want me to go give a talk sometime? That, that didn't feel natural. And so somebody suggested, I think a couple of people suggested, you know, why don't you just start posting your thoughts on, on LinkedIn and, um, Honestly, it sounded like a something that I would absolutely not like doing. That would make me miserable. Um, but I, I kind of looked at it in the same way as exercising or eating veggies. Like, I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it at all. But if I want to have the life that I want to have, a healthy one, 
um, then I have to do that. And so if I want the the kind of career that I want, okay, maybe this is something I have to do. Um, but, you know, about two weeks into it, I, I started really enjoying it. Um, I started really enjoying it and the kind of motivations and everything changed from there. But as I said, it was a very self-serving, boring answer for why I got started in the first place. We will get on it later, but it worked, right? So that that's the interesting thing about it. Um, so how did you go about it and what, what did you post and what do you like posting about now? Right. Tell us about that. You, you started posting first, maybe something, then you, you started changing. You started realizing how the audience was reacting. Yeah. I think when I first started, my plan was to largely post about legal topics and, um, and topics on being, being a manager, being a manager of a team. Um, because certainly as far as my, my work goes be being a manager mentoring others really helping them grow and develop getting everybody kind of satisfied and excited about their career that that's what i'm most passionate about and so that that felt natural um and i felt look i'm 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 a lawyer it it, it would only make sense for me to talk about some legal topics so some ip here and there some contracts here and there and that that was my plan um but it turned out i think i found a good groove with the with the management topics. I think people did respond to to what I had to say about that. I think people liked that and I was enjoying that. But on the on the legal side, um, you know, there's so many there were so many people out there already posting about contracts, posting about IP, and that was that was their focus. And so I started to feel, yeah, I mean I have a unique perspective sometime, but it's, you know, it's a crowded space and it's not something that I'm super passionate about. So I, so I kind of reduced my, my posting on that. I still do it from time to time, but, but it's pretty, uh, pretty light. Um, what some of the things that I realized that I enjoyed talking about that probably initially felt this isn't what LinkedIn is for. Uh, but, but it did, I did start to get comfortable with it and did start to resonate with people are things like, you know, the challenges of being a working dad. Um, and not just the, the challenges, but also the, the amazing rewards of that and being just talking about being excited to be a dad. And that certainly, I'm, I'm sure there are many people out there who are like, what is this guy talking about? This is LinkedIn. You know, it has nothing to do with work, but I would say it does have a little bit to do with work, uh, because um, first of all, there are a lot of working parents out there and, and people like connecting over that and their, their strategies and issues that apply to all of us. But, but there's a, there's a more specific reason that I do it, which is I think dads in general, fathers in general, men in general, uh, should be more vocal about, uh, caretaking. And even if they don't have kids, you know, doing things at home, et cetera, being a 100% fully equal partner for, for all days, um, outside of work. Um, and that's important because talking about that makes a kind of younger fathers more comfortable about, about doing that. And B, the more importantly, it, it will, um, hopefully start to change the narrative and people will see it as something that both men applies both equally to men and women. So women in the workplace will stop feeling or hopefully gradually stop feeling 
that um, that uh, that all these burdens are on on them, and then it's just expected that that women women be the ones to to take care of kids and leave early to pick up the kids, and uh, we'll have to miss work if if the kids are sick because it's it uh, I I get that society still feels that way uh, a lot of the time, but it shouldn't. There's no reason, and if we don't start, uh, if, if dads don't start really not only doing it but talking about it and talking about it loudly then then um then change isn't going to happen or it's going to happen much more slowly than it than it should i like your posts very much and i can see that messaging and and, and it was surprising right we know each other from before uh to me you were a, an amazing lawyer right but i didn't expect to see you posting the way you did and to open up the way you did um So I can say as one of your audience members that I enjoyed and, and I know other people do. Um, but when you started seeing the effect you had on people, right? And the comments they were leaving and the amounts of uh, reactions and the amount of impressions, what what did uh, that reaction, what was the effect on you, right? How did you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it certainly... Especially on topics like like that, the more emotional things, things about either either the working parent things, or sometimes I just talk about emotions generally and being being willing to to be open and honest about those, or even to some extent on you know managing a team. Those topics that I feel really passionately about. When I would see that it was connecting with people, either you know saying, "Oh, I never thought about it this way. It's absolutely right," or you know, um, yes, I think this, but I, you know, I was always too, too shy or reserved to talk about that. Um, it, you know, it makes me feel really good. It does a couple of things. It, it makes me feel like I'm helping other people that I'm not just there talking and, and getting some likes. Um, it's, it's actually making some difference to people and that on its own just, just makes me feel really, really good. Um, it, it also has, you know, given me, a lot more confidence than than I ever had in my life. I think we all have things that we wonder, you know, am I the only one who does this? Maybe I'm wrong. Everybody else does it in a certain way. Um, and when you you get comfortable, you share some of that, and then you find out, hey, a lot of other people think that way or going through similar challenges. I'm not some, you know, weird guy in the corner that that nobody can relate to. Um, that, that makes me kind of more, more confident, more comfortable with the person that I am, which, you know, impacts me professionally, personally across the board. Very nice. And where are you now in your career? And did LinkedIn play any role in that? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I'm now for the last, for the last month, almost exactly a month. I've been in a new role. Um, you can see in the virtual background behind me. Um, so about a month ago, I, I left uh, where I've been for 10 years, and I started as as general counsel at at Tech GC. And I'm I'm just so so thrilled to to be here. Um, it's it's the first time in my career I've ever switched jobs and not thought, oh my goodness, what did I just do? I made a huge mistake. I don't know what I'm doing. Like. Um, don't get me wrong. It's it's challenging and it's a lot, and, and I do get overwhelmed. But it's the kind of overwhelmed of there are so many really cool things that I really want to do, and I just have to figure out the time to to prioritize and get into it. Um, but as for LinkedIn playing a role, I mean that's that's a tremendous 
understatement. You know, a lot of people say, oh, LinkedIn helped me get this job because, you know, maybe they saw they had a connection to the company and asked for an introduction or something like that. And yeah, and LinkedIn's great for that. But in my case, I mean, I, I would... I would not have been qualified for this job if but for what I had been doing on LinkedIn over the last year. I would not have been interested in the job if I hadn't gone through that process and realized that I like, I like, you know, talking and kind of producing content and engaging with other people. Um, and I would not have even known that the job existed. I mean, it all came up because somebody that, you know, it's for an organization, Tech GC, that through my LinkedIn activity, I had already spoken at a couple of their events last year. So they already kind of knew who I was. Um, and then somebody who was really close with the, with the co-founders that I had met with a couple of times, again, who I met through LinkedIn. Um, you know, as soon as he heard that they were looking, he, he planted the seed in their head right away saying, call Sean. We had conversations. We were on the same page from the beginning and it went from there. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's not just LinkedIn played a role. I mean, LinkedIn was, was uh, absolutely necessary, just so many parts of this process. It's an amazing story. And uh, you are now leading a lot of people, right? From a, from a very important place of uh, uh, taking care of them from a, from a human resources perspective, right? Um, do you feel like some of those people actually kind of already knew who you are, like like your values, like some of what you are, you had already communicated because of your LinkedIn activity? I, absolutely. That was one of the unexpected benefits that I didn't even really think about. Um, uh, so, so yeah, certainly when I, when I started here, a lot of people, I mean, a few people I had already met through speaking at some events, but a lot of people even that I hadn't met um, had followed me or at least they started following me after they heard that I would be joining soon. And, and so by the time that I started, there were several people that, that I was meeting that they were saying, oh, it feels like I already kind of know you. We, I mean, I, I like what you write. I've been excited to work with you, which, which has never happened to me in a job. Every time I've started a new job, I'm, you know, new kid in school. Nobody has any idea of who I am. And I sit at the lunch table by myself until, you know, I start meeting people. Um, and although this is virtual, so I am still eating lunch by myself. Um, uh, I definitely felt really connected to, to people almost, almost right away. And it really helped. But even more interesting than that, Mateo is, um, back at my last job at AltaSource. I mean, you, you mentioned like when, when we worked together, you knew me as a lawyer and, and that was it. And, and I think I was a, a good lawyer that people liked working with, but nobody really knew anything about me now i i don't i maybe you know the few people that i work with mostly probably knew that i had a couple kids uh but that's that's probably it um they didn't really know anything about my personality i was all kind of i was always polite but i was always kind of business and just focused on getting the work done and um, I think I started even before the LinkedIn stuff, I started showing a little bit of my personality at work, started making a focus to have more virtual coffees with some people to get to know everybody as, uh, as people, but really, but really not much. And so I, there were people that I'd worked with for eight or nine years that didn't really know who I was. And I, I didn't I hadn't taken the time to really get to know them. And by kind of sharing all that perspective on LinkedIn, um, uh, they started to feel like they really knew me as a person. And I was, oh, that's not just some 
boring lawyer over there that I can call with my contracts. Like, you know, I could talk to him about, about things and we have some things in common. And I just started developing so much better relationships with, as I said, people that I'd already known for several years. And they started feeling more comfortable coming to me to talk about their problems. And it's, and so I was a more, you know, certainly a better coworker, I think, to, to be around. And honestly, a more effective lawyer. I mean, that helped them trust me more. Um, and so they were more likely to come to me with were problems that they had. And so I could be more, more effective in helping them. Very interesting. Do you, so you post a lot, right? Do you regret any of your posts? Um, I mean, well, think so. I mean, certainly there are the ones that I think, oh, this one's going to be fantastic. This one's going to go viral. And then it gets like, you know, 10 people or so liking in that state and nobody ever sees it. Um, so there's that kind of thing. But but no, I don't I don't think I do. I'd say that the closest one to a regret, but but even that I don't, is, um, and you, you made remember this, although I'm not offended if you don't, because it was like seven, eight months ago. Well, I, I took a very unusual step in my career journey where I was kind of actively interviewing for a while. I start, I felt I was starting to get close on a job opportunity. Um, and I actually got a job offer. Um, and then I turned it down because it, it just wasn't the right fit, um, for, for what I needed as, as a family, as a dad, I wouldn't be the kind of dad that I like being. Yeah. Um, uh, and, um, uh, I, I decided in that moment that um, I wanted to be open with LinkedIn about that. And so I posted back in the summer basically saying, hey, I know nobody talks about this, but I'm going to do it. I had been interviewing for a job for the last several months. And, um, you know, nobody talks about it. And you fear that you're going to be seen as disloyal or, or anything like that. But you know what? I'm going to take the risk that I'm, I'm confident enough in my position, you know, that people aren't going to feel that way, that it's not going to change anything. And, um, and I'm doing this so that I, I have some things to say about the job process and tips to make it better for, for other people and problems that need to be solved. But I also want to encourage everybody to feel like, you know, everybody knows that that people interview for other jobs, yeah. right? No, nobody's around there thinking everybody's going to be here for forever. Um, uh, and so why, why are we all keeping it to, to ourselves? And, and so I, I felt like sharing that. Now, I certainly don't regret that part. Um, I think there was a part, I think I also said, you know, and I'm, and I'm not looking anymore because, because I'm happy where I am. And that part was true too. I mean, I, for, for a long time, I, I didn't consider anything else. Um, but then kind of at the end of the year, I did start be open to, to other opportunities, which obviously led to where I am now. Brown. And so I did, I did kind of feel, did I word that too strongly? Am I going to look absolutely foolish and have no credibility because, you know, four five, six months after I said that, you know, I'm leaving to take a new job. Um, you know, so that's probably the closest thing to regret, but, but even that, not really. Cause I, I kind of tried to address it and say, yeah, I did it. I changed my mind. People changed their mind. Different circumstances happen and, and here we are. Um, but so yeah, that's probably the closest. I remember that one. I think it, it, it was very bold, but honestly, I felt like, wow, like this, this guy is out there, like really out there. And there was one where you even mentioned that 
you ask for permission, right? You went to your supervisor, uh, the GC at the time, and you said, hey, I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start posting. Is that okay? Um, so to me, it was super bold, but at the same time, super honest, right? You were talking about stuff that other people don't talk about, and you were normalizing stuff that other people just don't talk about and have a lot of fear to talk about. And at the end of the day, you don't want to go too far, but you're also, you know, making a favor for, for the organization you're working in currently because you're letting them know how you feel, what your plan is, why you are looking for something, right? And that's input that as an employer, you always want to have. You may yeah. not like it, you may not like it, but you but you need it. You, you need that input to do things better. So I think it, it was very good. What, what posts make you most proud on the flip side? I think the the ones it's really the the pride actually usually comes from the reactions, kind of what we were talking about earlier, like the ones who say, you know, oh man, I thought I was the only one going through this. That thank you so much um, for talking about it. I think those, I mean, the the topics that come to mind, like I I, I did one about you know crying in the workplace, and um, you know. Uh, People don't. People generally don't talk about it, no. and certainly don't talk about it. Um, and and I'm just like, you know what? I got something to say here. I've done it. I've done it at all three jobs that I ever had so far. Not at this fourth one. Um, but oh, but I, 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 you know, I was like, let let's go and see what happens. And um, I think the reactions to that, I I loved so much about that. There was the on. Uh, I think there were a couple like you know trolls in there being like, what, what you crying for? Are you not a man or something like that? But that I didn't care about the vast, vast majority, like 99% of them were ones, like I said, that people like, yes, thank you for, for talking about this, for normalizing it. it it's a normal human reaction. Then there were people who, who said, Hey, I, I, and sometimes there were like women saying I had never cried in the workplace. I'm not a crier, but thank you for, for doing this. We all express our emotions differently and we should be free to do that and then there were there were the the ones that combated stereotypes the most i mean there there was one person who was like ex-military like a man ex-military saying yeah i've done it too and i was like this is this is fantastic that i i'm helping start this discussion out there um so that that's that's the one probably that sticks out um and then i and i also um you know, I like talking about uh, neurodiversity um, as well, and I try to do that once a month. And, and I've learned that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of smart, inclusive, uh, progressive people um, don't know a lot of these, a lot of these things. And, um, you know, knowing that, uh, knowing that I am helping educate some people who really, really appreciate that information, who you know, that information could help them be a better, a better ally to, to neurodivergent people in the future that, that makes me happy as well. Very nice. I remember fondly the one about crying. I posted about the times I responded to your post and I talked about the times that I had cried as well. And there were people from my team that it's like everyone started sharing their own experiences, right? So I remember that one uh, and yeah, you should feel proud about that one. It was very intense and and not 
right? I mean, um, even I'm from South America. In South America, I think culturally speaking, crying, you know, maybe a little bit more open, right? But but to me, like that in the U.S. was always like a, a taboo, right? And to see you talking about that the way you did, I don't want to get too, but it made me want to go hug you, right? Like, dude, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, what lines do you avoid crossing? Is there anything you don't post about, you don't like posting about? Yeah, I, I, I am very careful. I, so I, I don't ever want to post about an experience with like a specific person, even if I'm not going to mention them by name, like a, a negative experience. Uh, this was something, oh, do this, do this instead um i you know sometimes sometimes there's a really good idea there and there's a really good point and so i may you know this is this is the one time when i may kind of blur the the truth a little bit and change the facts a little bit so that it's not so that that person so nobody can really figure out who who it was including including that other person should should right um uh so that you know i i'm not the kind of person to to kind of passively aggressively like i i, I would like have a bad interaction with my boss and then go type on linkedin here's what not to do as a boss and like yeah. lay out what, what he or she just did um uh, you know not saying that, that that's wrong i do i do know that some people do that and and i you know it's not what I would do. It's not I'm, I'm I would be comfortable with. I would prefer if I have an issue to talk about them directly face to face, not anonymize it and put it put it on the internet. But I'm not saying there's anything wrong. People should deal with their their struggles and the challenges they face in the way that's most comfortable to them. But that's something that I I'm not comfortable with. And so that even means kind of leaving leaving a potentially great post on the sidelines because I was like, no, I don't think I can find a way to effectively do this without it seeming that I'm passively aggressively kind of calling somebody else out. Got it. On that line, do you use Twitter? No, I don't. Uh, my, um, my, 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 what I think is my greatest fault by far on on my LinkedIn content is that I cannot write short posts. I, I have tried over and over again. And I just always like, oh, but I want to make this other point. Oh, I want to clarify this. And then it ends up being really long. Um and so with Twitter, I mean that would be that would be impossible for me. I mean, I say that that it would probably be a great development tool for me to do it to get in the mindset and practice the skill of doing it briefly, but it it still feels like an insurmountable challenge. And then with all the, you know, the changes at Twitter over the last several months, um, I feel, you know, it's probably not the good, the best time to to jump to a new platform either. I agree. What do you think about AI generated content? Um, so I, I think about it a lot and um, I even posted about AI today. Um, and, you know, in all candor, this was a post that I was feeling really good about that I was like, hey, I bet, but a lot of people are going to like this and it doesn't seem like that's going to happen and that, and that was fine. Um, but um, uh, so I I think about it a lot. I think um, it's an amazing tool for sure. I've been completely impressed both in terms of, um, you know, as, a, as an information source, 
source and getting it to do a first draft of various different kinds of content, whether we're talking about social media or actual work content, like putting a document together or anything like that. It is very useful. I think, as I said, it's, it's useful as a, a first draft to get your, you know, you don't want to stare at a blank page. It's a good, easy way to get something other than a blank page to then react to. I think, um, you know, I candidly, there was one post that I had, I forget what, it may have been one of my neurodivergent ones, um, uh, where, uh, I, I had written the post, I had a point that I was making, but I couldn't think of a good conclusion. I was like, how am I going to tie this all together? I was having a bit of writer's block and it's like, you know what? Copy paste into chat GPT. I was like, come up with a conclusion for this, like a short concluding paragraph of two, two sentences or something. And it was pretty good. It, it matched like my, my voice that it attempts at what I was trying to do. Like I fiddled with the words, but I, but I largely used it and was like, that was really helpful. Um, when I when I do use it for a first draft, like if I have an idea and I'm like, hey, write a post about this, I usually don't like it so much. Um, I usually, at this point, I will just start from scratch and do it myself. But when it comes to fine-tuning one that you already have, I mean, yes, I only did it at one time, but it was wonderful. Um, I do worry. I do have some worries about it. I do worry... You know, as it becomes better and easier, more accessible, and more people get comfortable with it. You know, what what are we going to see out there? Just like let's start with social media content. Is it is it all going to be, or like ninety nine percent going to be AI generated? And then do people start uh, using AI even for comments? Because honestly, one of the most challenging things for me is coming up with good comments to other people's posts responses to people post on mine um you know sometimes it's easy but sometimes it's like yeah that is a good point but i don't have much to add so should i just say good point and every what do i do here um and so i could see it being a value but then what kind of world is that like an ai is generating the post and then ais are 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 commenting um uh, so what's what's happening what's the real value and then i kind of go down a you know go down a rabbit hole on that and it's like well Maybe that still has value because people are still reading it and enjoying the discussion, even if, you know, it's it's machines talking to each other. Maybe. I, I don't know. Um, uh, but and then I also um, I think we talked about this, you know, when we when you invited me to, to come on. I, I do also wonder, you know, stepping outside of kind of social media content. And we talk about, you know, TV and movies and, and books and, and everything. When the, as it gets better um, and people get more comfortable, you know, are we going to see things where um, like you could just, uh, you can have an AI generated movie um, in, in, you know, a few, a few minutes that, that the video, audio, everything like it knows, and it would look like they're, they're the same. It's not made up actors and actresses. It, it takes the, the voice and the images from what it knows. And you could, you could just create this movie and it looks like, you know, Denzel Washington and Julia Roberts and whoever people like it, it's actually there. Um, could that happen? I would imagine technologically, we're only a few years away from doing that into legal issues of, you know, are, are, are we going to let that happen or not? Um, and then the same thing I was, um, I was imagining, you know, I even played with, I forget it was chat GPT or one of the others, but you know, I'm a big show, big fan of the show Friday night lights that, 
you know, most people haven't heard of, but I, I loved it. Um, and went off the air 10, 11 years ago. Um, and I just wrote a little prompt saying, Hey, come up with a plot line for a pilot of a spinoff to that show, focusing on these two characters. And it just like within seconds spat something out. And I was, I was engaged with it. I was like, Oh yeah, I want to read this. I want to find out what happens. This is an interesting story. And, um, you know, it's, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a leap from there to um, what I was saying, where, where, you know, the whole thing just actually gets generated. And then when that happens, you know, what's what's that going to do? Like, is it going to be that if anybody has an idea, uh, you know, they could just type it in and get a custom-made entire seven-season TV show dedicated to that, um, and it's good, and it's in the style that you like, but then do we lose... Do we lose new creativity because it's just it's it's creativity is just based on what's already been done and thinking of a new way to do it. I, and then do we lose the social aspect to it that um, if I could just create exactly the show that I like, then there's no reason for you to watch that show because you, Mateo, will watch this other show. And then people never talk about the kind of, oh, did you see this movie? They're like, no. Like, oh, yeah, because it was custom made for me and nobody else has seen it. Um, like the, does that, what does that do? I think it, you know, I don't have any of the answers, but these are the questions I've been, I've you just, you just wrote uh, a nice plot for a black mirror episode. <laughs> I don't know what black mirror is. So maybe that's you don't know? Oh man, you gotta watch it. It's, okay. it's, uh, it's basically taking aspects of our daily life and, uh, uh and the plausible future and coming up with, um, ideas like you just did, right. Of extremes. Mm -hmm and weird situations that might happen because of technology and stuff. I think you will enjoy it. Um, but I completely, completely agree with you, and I, I don't have the answers either. It's it's enough topic for a, for another podcast in itself. Um, we're a lot smarter than I am, so... They, no, no, they, yeah, I think you were making great points. I think your, your, your attorney mind is very good at picking up, you know, uh, different... Uh, threads of the of the of the issue and and going on it to see what will happen if you take it to the extreme right um very good so last question sean if your kids were starting law school today what would be your advice to them um yeah so i mean if, if they're already starting law school I will assume that I've already you know told them hey this is what this is what my experience as a lawyer was like I assume this is what you want to do. You are not doing this because you feel pressured because mommy and I are lawyers or anything like that. So let's just assume that. Um, so if they're starting law school today, um, I would I would encourage them to do a couple of things. One is really understand that law school um, does very little, at least in the U.S., uh, to prepare you for being a lawyer. And so use law school for what it is, meaning that your your last chance, and unless you go get another degree, your last chance to learn for the sake of learning, to learn because you're curious, and don't be thinking about oh I should take this class with that professor because that might help me get a better job one day. No, it, it, the the odds of that are relatively small, and and you're gonna blow your last chance to to really just satisfy your intellectual curiosity. Um, the one exception to that may be something that I would tell them, and hopefully by the time, you know, they are of that age even more so, um, is to take some practical classes. When I was in law school there, they were starting to do a few of those. I didn't take any of them because 
I don't know. I was lazy and I didn't think about it. And I, I didn't have a parent telling me that. Um, but, uh, but yes, I'm, I'm certainly take some of those practical uh, classes. Um, and then in terms of actually being a lawyer, I mean, I would really, really, really want, and I guess this part isn't just being a lawyer, but I think, I think lawyers, I think lawyers have this view that they need to do it like other people did it. Like there's a lot of Hey, do you have a sample of this? And let me let me look at this contract and do it the same way. Or let me look at this brief and do it the same way. Um, that's probably true in other professions, but I, I think lawyers do it more. And so I would encourage them to, while that's fine, and they should look at at samples and get advice from other people. That there is no there is no one way to do it. You have to figure out what what is your style. And if we're just in writing, it's also your your interactions. Like like. I, I try to be like when I'm negotiating, uh, I try to be pretty much, maybe not completely, but, but pretty much a, a straight shooter. Like I'm not going to, if I, if I have authorization to go to a hundred on something, um, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, nope, 70 is high as I can go no matter what. Yeah. If that, if that doesn't work, go, go take, I, I'm not going to do that. That's not, I don't think I could pull that off authentically. It's not saying that that that's bad or or good. It's just knowing knowing what works for for me and what what I'm comfortable with. And so, really empowering them to be thinking about that, to never feel pressured to do something somebody else's way, and to figure out what makes sense for them. That that's the that's the kind of long term advice that I would give them. Excellent, Sean. I appreciate it very very much. Thank you for your time. It's always a pleasure and uh, we'll stay in touch definitely absolutely no thank you mateo i i look this felt just like any one of our other conversations except you know with me being rude and not asking you a single question about yourself huh. uh, uh i really really so thanks for thanks for having me